are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Friday. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm Mike Luke, John Schuster, back from the casino, ready to rock and roll and uh, break down a little bit of suns. The reason that I bring the man called Shu on this show so often is because Shu... Because well, I live about four minutes away. That is that is true. That is true. That helps, that helps significantly. <laughs> but another reason, though, is that while yours truly can sometime fall into a prisoner of the moment type thing, especially with basketball. She was more of a big pictured guy, you know, a, a simple minded patriot, if I may. And you may. Yes. So after the Suns go up one nothing, you and I said, I said, I don't think the Bucks are gonna be able to handle it. You're like you're like, this series hasn't even started yet. And I'm rolling my eyes thinking, okay, Mr. Cliche. I saw so, you roll your eyes. I yes, thought yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. And you know what? Here we sit now, about a week later, and the series is locked up at two-two. What could you see that I couldn't see? It wasn't the. I just, I just talked. You did, you really did. And then now, yeah, you you know, obviously my. I just uh, gave you a sledgehammer. Don't return with a dandelion. (laughs) I mean, my my superior intellect clearly recognized that uh, you know that this was uh, we we might be in for the long haul Mm -hmm. uh, here. And uh, I know you're a young whippersnapper who believes that. this is something that happened 20 seconds ago is the most important thing in the history of the world up until the next I thing that happened 20 seconds ago. Right. So, you know, I, I understood all that and figured uh, there was a lot of time. All of that uh, being said, time is running out. But that was, you and I have both worked uh, in local radio. You still do. Uh, there, and, and I remember a caller, George, who would check in. Oh, George, our, the uh, panic button. That's the guy, <laughs> panic button George. And everything that so, when something would go wrong whether he was having usually he was having fun and it was an entertaining uh, bit uh but he would say if something was going wrong is it time to press the panic button right and i would say no i think the suns are i are are there areas of concern of course when you're up to nothing and you have a chance and they had a legitimate chance in game four to all but put this series away mm-hmm. uh and in the fourth quarter they had a bad they had a bad quarter and they had a bad quarter at a bad time, and if the Suns don't win this series, you're going to look back at that quarter in Game 4. As, as the most impactful moment or quarter yeah. in the series. And, and, sure. and from, from a franchise that hasn't won a title, you know, it, it, has even more, uh, it has even more weight than that. But really, now we're tied again, and it's a best of three, and the Suns have two games at home. So they still have home court advantage. Uh, they've, they, they still, I think, more often than not in this series have looked like the better team. And, you know, now it's up to Milwaukee, who obviously has momentum, to see if their matchups or whatever the situation may ultimately be can play on the road. So far, they haven't been able to do that. And, you know, if that's the case, I still think the pressure is on Milwaukee in this series. A lot of people are going to disagree with that, and that's fine. Uh, but... You know, if you win two and you have home court advantage heading into game seven, the team that's down 2-0, I think, has got to run the table, which means Milwaukee is halfway there. And they've got a game five in Phoenix, so obviously, you're, you're which saying, is different. You're, I think, you're I, saying game five decides this series? No. No, I, no. No. I think game five decides this series if Phoenix wins. 
I don't think that's the case at all. I think there's every bit of a possibility. I think the Suns can still. I think the Suns are a better team and can win Game Six in Milwaukee, even if they're down three to two. Is that a situation you want to be in? Obviously not. Is that a is is that the kind of breakdown that you'd like to encounter if uh, you're a team that had a 2-0 lead? Certainly, the other team uh, certainly not. The other team has momentum, and they're feeling very confident going back into a very loud arena. But conversely, if I'm Milwaukee, the last thing I want to do is play Game Seven in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if you're down 0-2, from their perspective, you're looking at this as man. If we're still alive by Game Seven, at least it's better than you know the outlook was looking in the first couple games. But you know, you play for home court advantage for a reason, and and the Suns had a better regular season than Milwaukee did, and as a result, you know, they have an opportunity you, you know you, in those you, circumstances. I still think, Mike, and maybe you disagree. I don't know. Um, I still think the Suns are the better basketball team. Oh, I do. Team. Oh, 100%. Okay. That was going to be my next point. I still think, you know, it's weird. Like, it's 2-2, but... There hasn't been a moment in this series when I thought that the Suns weren't the better team. Let's and let's let's go back to Game Four a little bit. In Milwaukee, Bucks win goes down to the wire. Obviously, well, you know, forty six minutes. The this happened with Devin Booker was amazing, obviously, but Chris Paul was absolutely terrible, and DeAndre Ayton got eight points and ten rebounds, but you really didn't notice that he was out there that much, other than when he was picking up fouls on. Uh, on Antetokounmpo, so I don't know that you're going to see both. You know, you might not. You're probably not going to see Booker play like that, but you're also at the same time not going to see. I don't think see. I think you'll see both those guys play significantly better. And the big reason being that you're at home. Let me um let me ask you something because you know for, you're from a different generation. Mm-hmm. You play more, I think, toward the betonline.ag style analytics than maybe mm-hmm. I do. And one of the By analytics- the way, betonline.ag is the best place that you can get any prop bets, any straight up bets, wherever you want. Betonline.ag has it. Boom, go back. Do you believe in clutch? Do I you do. believe very, in clutch very, players? Very or do you so. or, or or do you believe in the numbers that say that that's just kind of no, a no, made no, up no, stat? Very, very is, much so. This is, you know, this is where I think analy- analytics totally loses me here. Because I believe that in, especially in basketball, that you're that being clutch, quote unquote, is something that you were born with. And I'll give you an example. And you and I talk about Kobe Bryant in this manner all the time, but I think this is a perfect example. If you go by any metric, Kobe Bryant was not a clutch player in the NBA Finals. Last second shots is what we're talking about, not his play during the actual game. But the difference to me is this: is that when Kobe Bryant took that shot, whenever he would take those shots, he damn well thought they were going in. And he did it with a, he did it with a confidence. Now, compare and contrast then to a guy like LeBron James, who you and I have talked about a lot. LeBron's numbers might be similar, but when that ball goes out of his hands in a big situation like that, I don't believe that he thinks it's going in. That, to me, is the mentality. And again, that might not be, you could say, well, Mike, you know, the numbers are the same. But I think being clutch is something that you're inherently, you embrace or you don't. I don't think that there's any middle ground. I think you were just born with it. I can't think of a guy that I looked at and I said, you know what? He, man, he was, dude, he had, he had no clutch gene. He was scared of the moment. And then like eight years later, you're like, man, he proved me wrong there. Obviously, oddly enough, one of the ones is Steve Kerr. Who had some shot? Now, now Kerr is that's an, one game. You're right. Though. It's an outlier, but 
there were a number of times in games where Kerr late in situations didn't have things go his way, he, obviously college and even with the Spurs. Uh, but then the, he grew up a little bit and had an opportunity to make an open jumper and did with the Bulls, which is great. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, I think there's a lot, and I, I very much agree with what you said. That said, in this series specifically, do you feel comfortable with Paul and Aiton in late game situations? I feel far more comfortable with Paul than I do Aiton. Um, and Aiden's not, probably not the best comparison right here because Aiden's a big man, and if, the, if, if if you're running, we've talked about, I've talked about it all year that I think that they don't get Aiden involved nearly enough in the offense. But at this point, we're in gate, we're we're in a three game series to decide an NBA championship. You're going to ride with Chris Paul, and you're going to ride with Devin Booker as you should at this point. When I look at Chris Paul, I think it's much of the Kobe thing. He played like poop this last game, but. I don't think going into I going into game five, I think he's gonna have a big game. And clutch players I don't or non clutch players I don't look at and just think, you know what, they're probably gonna bounce back and have a big game. I don't know, like I said, I might not be totally Because really to a large degree that may very well be what and, and it's been a weird series with some interesting, I don't want to say, I mean, it's been a weird playoffs with some interesting moments. If you look back at the Clippers series in, was that game, th was it game three or game four where the Suns won on the alley-oop at the buzzer? Mm -hmm. Where they threw it into Aiton in a game that they had, mm -hmm. and then it was taken away, and then, and then Paul George misses two free throws, which mm -hmm. gives the Suns a chance. That singular game maybe turns everything on its head right. in that series. Right. Uh, but, you know, the Suns had a nice play, made things work out in their favor, and ultimately got a huge W that played a big role in allowing them to move along here. So we've seen, especially in, we've seen, I think, two games in this series, the, the second game in Phoenix and the second game in Milwaukee that were pretty close and pretty competitive. And so there's, I, I would think that with what's remaining here, there's reason to believe that maybe we're going to have some competitive games in these matchups too. And so the play in the last couple minutes of guards on Phoenix side, or even some of the relatively young players on the Bucks side, are going to be you know pretty significant. Now, the one thing that's great about this game is that if you're in Milwaukee, you're not going to be able to come watch this game unless you take part of RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is something that you're going to want to have lined up if you're going to make that cross-country tour. Because you know what? The last thing you don't you don't want to be Jason Shear hooked down in Durango, having to wait for your mother's dad to come pick you up in the family minivan because you didn't utilize RockAuto. RockAuto.com. Welcome back to Locked On Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, Schuster. So let's talk a little bit about what we expect to see in Game 5. I actually, and this is going to kind of go with what we were just talking about, I think that the Suns are the better team, and I think that the Suns are going to win this next game, and I think they're going to win it by about eight points. I didn't break down anything for you. I just gave you what I thought. What do you got? I think there's a lot of I, – I think that – so you – I don't see it significantly differently than that either. That was, that was an analysis I read from a gambler uh, who made the point that you expect great players – to play well regardless of what the venue is, but inexperienced players, the second tier, maybe younger players struggle, and this series has been an indication of how some of those players have struggled a little bit more on the road as opposed to struggling at home. Mm -hmm. So now the impetus is on Milwaukee to show that it can play a good road game, utilize the matchups that they think they can get some benefit out of, and try to steal the game, the game that they need to steal in this matchup. The Suns have home court, 
we both think they're the better team. They're going to feel more comfortable at home, get the boost from a crazy crowd. And I think like you do, I think Phoenix is going to be in pretty good position here to get a necessary W. Now, you don't follow, you know, for, uh, you know, for uh, uh, reasons we won't get into here. You follow, big... you follow the NBA on a much more regular basis than How I do, yes. That? That's good. Okay, and more so than Bruno right now, who is oh, that is uh, not true. Bruno hanging out with the John NBA Schuster. all the time. Don't all right, you, Bruno. here's yes. the question though: What is now? Now you've got to you've got to watch Giannis and mm-hmm. uh for four games now. What is your opinion of him, and where you know what what are your what are your initial reactions? Yeah, he's the best player on the floor. Uh, there's an un, there's a re, and and to his credit, this I think is interesting based on even what. You had mentioned a month ago, six weeks ago, when we were earlier into the playoff process, and it looked like against the Nets that Milwaukee was going to get its doors blown off, and he was a predictable, scoutable type of player. A lot of things obviously worked in Milwaukee's favor that went just beyond his ability to play. Injuries to the Nets were much more significant than his ability to pick up his game and allow the Bucks to get through. But I think as these playoffs have moved through, he has shown that he's a great ambassador for the future of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think he's improved even significantly and more dramatically as this series has gone along. It looks like he's doing a lot more of the little things or maybe mm-hmm. changes and adjustments are allowing him to take advantage of some, some of those circumstances to be a much more effective player. I mean, in game one, his numbers were good. In games two and three, his numbers were obscene. Mm. And those gave Milwaukee a better opportunity to be successful. If you have a guy like that, when everybody else is not playing well, players like that can get you through difficult pockets, and then you hope you can get picked up. Uh, and, and But I think he has been... I think you saw that. He has been much more improved. I think it's fair to say from the from where he is in the playoffs now... To compare to where he was at the beginning of the playoffs, I, when he was in, when he was still an uncertainty. I think you also saw too that their their mo is Chris Middleton's going to be kind of their closer. I think, and I think you saw that last game. And that uh, uh, Giannis is going to get you to a certain point. Um, I don't know that he's great yet because anytime a guy isn't a consistent shooter or a reliable shooter, and I can play four feet off of you you know, and take my chances, that's never ideal. And you saw that with Chris Middleton in this last game, where Chris Middleton basically took him home there. Now, I don't know. There's a reason that he's Chris Middleton, and that's kind of why I'm not big on them because obviously he's really good. But I think that the Suns, you very rarely see a great player have three really bad Mm -hmm. games in a row, and that would be the case with Chris Paul here. I think Chris Paul is going to be the best player on the court next game. When we talked in the last last podcast, one of the ones we discussed when Milwaukee cut it to to 2-1, to And even then, I thought there was a pretty decent chance Milwaukee could win game four and the Suns were still the better team. And that's where we ultimately are now. The the situation that Milwaukee has, that it had... The, the things that have to break Milwaukee's way are more complicated and more involved than the things that need to break Phoenix's way uh, in, in, in whatever remains in this series. And that is, you know you're going to get good play from your star, but Middleton and Holiday have to be good. And if they aren't, it becomes a lot more difficult for Milwaukee to, I think, get to the finish line. The Suns can have some less than stellar performances here and there and still have a better chance of finding ways to win. But if Milwaukee has a bad performance like they did in the first two games from the two backcourt guys, 
then I think they're a team that's in more trouble. And those two backcourt guys were not particularly good right. when they were in Phoenix in games one and two. Right. All right. So what's your prediction? I, I'm with you. I think I thought. Well, I think the Suns are going to win this in six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I th- and 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 your breakdown on the way Game Five plays out. I I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think that's very close to how I would anticipate this. I think this game could be very similar to Game Two, where and honestly, what Game Four should have been. If you look back into that fourth quarter, mm-hmm. where the Suns are up eight. They're up it six. Feels like you got They're up, at arm's and, distance, and, yeah. and Milwaukee isn't going to be able to string together four consecutive stops and get back into the game. They're always going to be in it, but they're not going to be able to get over the top. Now, obviously, in Game Four at home, they had things that worked their way to their credit. But I think Phoenix is going to get a fairly early lead. I think they may be able to build it a bit in the second quarter. And uh, I, I would be surprised if this is a game that has 20 lead changes and is uncertain. Would you suggest to me that this is going to be about an eight-point victory? Yeah, well, you suggested to me, if you will, that this might be an eight-point victory. So, given that you are the genius on this podcast, and I think the majority rules in that regard, even Bruno agrees with that, uh, then, you know, I I think your analysis on how that's going to break down has a lot of validity. And I think once we get to game six, the difference will be that the Suns are going to be in a very similar position that they were in game four, but they're going to do a better job of closing it out. He's John Schuster. I'm Mike Luke. Go Suns! Locked on Wildcats.